Welcome to the Global Marketing Show, the podcast for all things international business. I'm your host, Wendy Pease, president of Rapport International and a translation expert. Come along with me today as we talk to an expert in the global marketing world about facing their biggest fears, hearing about mistakes they made or saw, discussing best practices, and sharing fun travel language and culture stories. Listeners to the Global Marketing Show, thanks for joining us again. Uh, as you know, Rapport International sponsors this, and I've got a fun word for you that Elisa from Rapport International was talking about this weekend. She talked about a crazy trip that she did last minute uh, that they planned, she and her husband, the night before when they were having beers at a microbrewery. And she's like, hey, that's like a schnapsody. That's a German word that means a crazy idea that seemed like an ingenious plan that is hatched while drunk. It literally translates into a booze idea. So what's the latest schnapp city that you've had? Well, onwards, onwards, onwards to our guests. He's not German, but he does not come from the United States and he's doing really cool stuff here. Johan Vesenen has years of experience with sporting goods and fitness equipment, and he currently represents Hilo Sauna Company and Techno Gym, which are companies that provide solutions and equipment for active and senior living communities throughout the USA. Hilo is based in Finland and Sweden and has uh, headquarters in the U.S. and Minnesota. And Technogym is an Italian company with U.S. headquarters in New Jersey. So welcome, Johan. I'm so excited to talk to you about this. Thank you for having me. So first off, you've got to tell me, what languages do you speak? I speak, uh, I guess, English, Finnish, Swedish, and a little bit German. Okay, have you ever heard the word Snapsity before? I have heard uh, Snap several times, but not Snapsity. <laughs> Is there any other word like that in Finnish or Swedish? Finnish, it's, it's uh, Kippis. And uh, in Swedish, it's uh, whatever it is in Swedish. <laughs> so there, it's what? Helsan. Helsan. For your health. Oh, okay. Okay. So Helsen, but not a schnapsody, like an idea that you hatched while you've been drinking that you think is brilliant. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have any word like that in the United States. So I was wondering if it, if it went across to Finnish or, or Swedish. But anyway, that's not why we're here. We're here to talk about your experience in international marketing. So it's very interesting to me that the companies you're working with now are focused on senior living communities. So can you tell us more about that? Both of these companies are large companies. So they, like Hilo Sauna is the largest and oldest sauna company in the world. So they are servicing all the markets that what we do is, I have been working with active and senior living communities for a long time, 15 years. So they, I'm representing them in this segment, while they, they have other, other people working with, uh, or they are themselves working 
directly with the other other market segments. Technogym is uh, it's one of the largest fitness equipment companies in the world with close to billion dollars in sales. And again, it's the same that because of my specialty for active and senior living markets, which means uh, basically 50 plus market and in senior active living communities are typically uh, 50 plus market and then senior living residents are typically their age is somewhere around uh, 82 average age, eight, late 70s, early 80s. That's typical. And obviously all the adults need different programs, different solutions, and entirely different setups than say 35-year-olds. There are issues like safety, they, they may have uh, functional limitations or they may be high risk. And so how, does, how do the companies adapt what they have for how you're trying to bring them into the market? Uh, I take example. Uh, Technogym has a very broad product line. So they have products from, for everybody. They may have uh, all, all type of products. So when we are, we are working with senior living communities or active living communities, we, we basically, when we do the designs, they need to be ADA compliant. So we do the design equipment recommendation, keeping in mind the safety especially safety. So these machines need to be easy on, easy off. They need to be safe. They need to be non-intimidating. They need to have very low starting resistance and increments. For example, if you go to health club, I would say 70% of the machines at the average health club are uh, treadmills. I basically do not tread, uh, recommend treadmills to the senior living communities. It's a uh, just uh, people may fall. The same with the uh, Hilo sauna. When you design saunas for, let's agree, hotels or health clubs or homes, it's entirely different pro process than when you are designing them for, for uh, older adults. You need to add uh, flooring, flooring that is non-slippery. You need to avoid glass doors because people, when they go to the sauna, they, they don't have their eyeglasses on and they are old. Right. Uh, you also add a different type of safety rails, safety bars, so that people can hold them all the time. So it's basically you take a, like in case of sauna, we just design it differently. It also needs much more space. A typical senior living sauna is say 10 by 12 and it needs to be ADA compliance means that uh, there need to be a space for wheelchair. Oh, interesting. So, well, ADA compliance would refer to all ages. Correct. So every sauna should have a place where a wheelchair could be brought in? Not only commercial saunas, but I bet that most of the saunas are not ADA compliant. We don't provide non-ADA compliant saunas. So all of Hilo saunas, saunas are ADA compliant in the United States if they're for commercial use? Correct. Okay. And so somebody would come in in the wheelchair, but then they'd have to move to the bench because you wouldn't keep the metal in yeah, there. Yeah, because absolutely. Heat, right? It's just the ADA compliance is basically 60 inch 
uh, turning radius. Oh, okay. All right. And so that's what I was wondering about. Does Hilosana have like a standard sonnet that they'd offer for their different vertical markets? Or do they specially adapt the ones for the senior market? We do it. We, we adapt for senior market because it's, it's a different market segment. Okay. And so you'd have the ADA, you'd have the wheelchair. But then how else is it adapted for the senior? Oh, I see what you were Office talking about, features. the flooring, me, the glass doors, the rails. Yeah, let, me, let me say that, uh, for example, if you go to a fancy hotel, yes, you will find there a sauna with uh, world class. It's unlikely that you, you find it in senior living environment because uh, we cannot attach safety bars to the uh, glass. Neither uh, uh, we don't want people to walk, walk to the... <laughs> glass wall. Whereas at the fancy hotel, you'd have the glass wall, you'd have no railing because they're looking for a sleeker look. Yeah, correct. Oh, interesting. Okay. Now this brings to me in the United States, Yeah, every country has a different way that they care for their elderly. And mm -hmm. in the United States, it's more common to have a, a senior living place where parents would go. In other countries, the elderly live with the family, so they wouldn't be as likely to go to places. What are the hot markets for senior markets for Hilosana? Let me say that uh, overall senior living, most of the European countries have only nursing homes. Recently, countries like the UK, to a certain extent, France and Germany, they are now adding also independent assisted living communities where you go earlier. Nursing homes are typically you go there when you really can't live alone anymore. Could be right. memory care issues or that type of things. USA, we have probably around 35,000 senior living communities, out of which about 10,000 are for independent assisted living, or they are like black communities where they have all, all segments, they have independent living, assisted living, and memory care services. And they are very high quality. Some of them are really large. Uh, certain companies like Ericsson Senior Living may have 4,000 residents in their biggest communities. They are like uh, suburbs like small towns. There are two types of communities. There is basically for-profit and uh, for non-profit. And there's not really any difference, difference uh, in their services. They are mostly very high quality, but mm -hmm. they are also expensive. Right. So tell me more about them. Like what are the, is it standard to have a sauna there and a gym and? Gym, definitely. Uh -huh. Basically, basically, all the leading brands in the in the in the senior living business they have they have wellness coordinators. They have uh, very good wellness programs, and they are building very nice wellness centers, which are equipped equipped with uh, machines and software that that is designed for older adults. Sona, we started marketing Sona for about four four years ago to the senior living. And now mm. we start to see saunas getting more and more popular, especially in, in high-end communities. 
And so, so now, believe me or not, uh, has a significant, significant cardio, cardio health benefit. So it's, it's, it's in itself, itself like a health uh, wellness program. So we, we can combine, <clears throat> let me say that there may be residents who cannot exercise in the gym or they don't want to exercise in the gym. They can go to the sauna and their heartbeat is going up, their blood pressure is going up. So it's it's like a, a sort of cardio exercise. Is it really the same? Yeah. So I if I go sit why... in the sauna for 30 minutes, that's the same as no, if no, I No, 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 you can't be there Peloton? 30 minutes. You will be there 10, 15 minutes. Oh, that's true. Okay. So I could get 10 or 15 minutes. So I could ride my Peloton for 15 minutes and sit in the sauna for 15 minutes. I'm Correct. still getting the same not cardiovascular exactly benefit? The same, but not exactly the same, but you will get, you will get cardiovascular benefit. My goodness. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. So if you, if you go and Google, you will, you will get, uh, you will get, or if you go to Hello Sauna's website, you, you will, you will find the, uh, health benefits and, uh, and research relating to those health benefits. Okay, so, so you get some cardiovascular, but not the same as if you're doing physical exercise. Yeah, I, I would compare yeah. it to the walking. So you don't get the muscular benefit, but you get the cardio benefit. Okay, that is so interesting. I'll have to look that up. And when you had a saying... Hello, sauna. It's H E L O and then sauna, S A U N A. So you can go Google them and see. Now, do they do um, in home saunas too? Yeah, definitely. Okay, so that, they do for the that senior market. It's growing rapidly, very fast. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Yeah. Because of COVID, or people realize that they can exercise by sitting in the sauna instead uh, of walking? I, uh, it's, it's a. It's it's a relaxing it's a uh, relaxing experience after workout, and it's relatively low cost. So now when people have not been traveling and doing that type of things, and they are spending a lot of time in so uh, in, at home, so they are upgrading their homes, and one of the upgrades may be sauna. Right, I'll have to I'll have to look into that. I've certainly heard heard of people. Even I heard somebody put in his condominium like a single person sauna. Yeah, uh, if you go to Finland, if you go to Finland in, in a new condominium building, every condo has their own sauna. Every individual? Correct. Or they have a shared one? No, no. Every individual. I bet that there are, I saw somewhere that there are about, in Finland they have 5.6 million people and number of saunas should be somewhere around 2.5 million. So <laughs> Finns are, are sort of crazy whatever they do at, one point of time, they they had way more mobile phones than than people. They had more mobile phones than people. Yes, definitely. Huh? And there's one sauna for every two people. Something like that. Jeez. Wow. I think the aren't the Finnish the happiest people in the world? When I've seen some uh, research on who which which people in the world and what countries are the happiest. I think the finish came up right on top. Yeah, maybe maybe the reason is the sauna. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody has to reach out to you to get a sauna, then we'll all be happy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so in my simple mind, sometimes I lump the sauna, the steam room, and the hot tub together. 
you know, because oftentimes gyms will have all three. Yeah. And you can do all of them, which is a lot of fun. I've certainly yeah. done that. But what are the, the benefits of each? And when you're working with the senior communities, are they typically looking at putting in only a sauna or would they do the other two also? It, the, the, we have uh, steam rooms, but there is not really research backing the uh, health benefits of the steam room. So we recommend sauna because that has health benefits. That's, that's if, you, if you are working with older adults, especially if you are a senior living community, you want to invest in, in, in amenities that uh, keep people independent, functional, happy, relaxed, and social. And that's where it comes like wellness programs, especially physical wellness programs. Like when we do the design of wellness center, we, we put the machines in circuit so that people, instead of watching the wall, they are watching each other and they can talk. So Is they are lining room? up uh, for gym program at 6.30 in the morning. Then they take a break for lunch. And then after 2 p.m., wellness center is empty because they go to take a nap or do something else. <laughs> oh, okay. So it's made a very social activity. And that's, that's in it's, yeah. So it's more than just having the machines there, it's also creating this event. Yeah. yeah. I was in one community and then there was a discussion. The human resource person said that. Um, we have a very strict uh, public appearance policy. So tattoo, tattoos got to be covered and so forth. And then, then we decided that let employees, they told employees that you can go to exercise whenever you like. And the only rule is that if the residents need the machines, you need to give it. And then actually these, uh, these residents were very happy when they were able to exercise with uh, 25, 30-year-old uh, men and women, which had uh, cool tattoos at that type of stuff. <laughs> so it's a, every now and then we are like I, I always recommend to my customers that when you when you set up a fitness center in your community, make sure that your employees you have a program also for employees because then they typically wellness center is pretty much empty after two p.m. So let employees to use it. You have already, you have coordinators, you have programs, you have a space and you have your equipment. Why not to let employees to use it? It's a nice perk, especially nowadays when there is a really difficult to attract and retain employees. And, and it's also over the period of time, it lowers your healthcare expenses. Right, right. That's a great idea. And just understanding the buyer. Okay, so if you take this, you know, so Hilasana comes into the United States, there's a senior market here. And so they bring you in to do that, to, you know, to make the senior living communities aware. Now, where else in the world have they opened markets or are they focusing on? Like, what's their global let, expansion plan? Uh, let me say that, uh, first of all, the global market for sonas are growing rapidly. Mm-hmm. Every segment is growing. When you go to, for example, Nordic countries or Germany, you grow up with the sauna. 
everybody, everybody from six months to 98 year olds go to the sauna. It's part of your lifestyle. Hmm. I used to I used to have in my in my house a big sauna, and we were using it five times a week. Now I don't have it, but uh, and our daughters who are now in their twenties, when they were kids, whatever they were they were doing, doing some exercising or playing tennis or biking, we put them to the sauna and they were sitting there and talking, and not uh, watching their mobile phones. So it's a it's a part of the lifestyle in, for example, in Nordic countries and and I would say in Germany. Okay, so so that's part of that's just part of living. So yeah. then you come over to the United States and COVID shuts everything down. The demand for saunas skyrockets. Where else in the world are you seeing people adopt the Nordic countries' traditions of sauna use? I would say USA is probably really getting into it. And uh, Europe has always been, uh, especially Scandinavian countries, it's, it has always been part of the lifestyle. I really, I'm not aware, I, I, I do not know that well, the European market, other part of the Europe, but obviously countries like Russia, these, these, these people like, like saunas and they, have a, they are very used to it. And how about China or other countries in Asia? I'm not. I, I yeah, do. That's not your area. No, no. I, yeah. I just don't know. Okay. So let's talk about, like, you understand the, the Finland, Sweden, German marketing. Can you tell me the difference of coming into the United States of how you're having to sell and market? I would say that uh, I have done, like, consulting work for smaller small smaller European companies and then I have done I actually introduced a Finnish fitness equipment company to the US market and what what is the key is to understand the size of the market so let me say that uh, you need to really look at the competition US market is extremely competitive it's also very segmented and you have information available for all the segments. So let me say you have small European company coming to the US market. First thing you need to have is superior product. If you don't have that, forget. You need to be able to find the market segment where your product features are superior. And then you try. To, you need to try to avoid market segments, uh, which are typically bigger segments, where major brands are there. You don't want to compete with, uh, if, if, if your company sales in, say, in Finland is 20 million, you don't want to compete with the, with the guys in the USA whose sales are billion dollars. It's very difficult. But you may find a segment where they are not focused or interested in. And that's those segments are interestingly also most of the time significantly more profitable. I just take an example. Companies tend to be after young people. It's a, it's a sort of fun and sexy. But then when you compare, say, fifty year old, fifty year old American has about 20, 26 times disposable income compared to that of college kid. Mm. 
So the money, <clears throat> almost anything, <clears throat> almost anything you look at in the USA, 50% of the consumption is uh, is uh, 50 plus 50 plus market. You look at the golf, 50% of the market, even larger part or money spent is uh, spent by 50 plus year olds. Right, exactly. They have the time and they have the money because you look at 30 and 40 year olds, they might have some of the money, but they don't have the time if you're talking yeah. about fitness yeah. equipment. Yep. Because they're usually raising kids and then the 20 year olds don't have, mo don't have money. Yep. So was that... And, and also look at the older adults. I just look at the statistics and in the USA, 29% of people over 60 and 46% of people over 80 cannot lift 10 pounds. So when it comes to the fitness programs, of course, everybody, everybody needs to exercise. Mm -hmm. But when you are getting older, it's not really whether you want to exercise or whether you don't want to. You need to exercise. It doesn't matter whether it's going to the health club, whether it's going walking, whether it's going to your garden, but you need to do that to keep yourself functional and independent, to be able to uh, tie your shoestrings and other, other funny things. Interesting. So you said that 29, so 30% of 60 plus year olds can't lose 10 pounds. No, so no, cannot, cannot uh, lift. Lift. That makes more sense. Okay. I'm like, there's plenty of people that can't lose no, 10 no, no, pounds no. that are younger than that. 30% of 60-year-olds cannot lift 10 pounds? Correct. And half of 80-plus-year-olds can't lift 10 pounds? Correct. That's scary statistics. Yeah. And if there are other CDC statistics. Well, I, guess I just don't have that in front of me how many steps people can take and so forth. The, the other, why I encourage everybody to exercise, but especially older adults, according to research, every third American over 65 falls every year, every third. And falling is number one reason for injury deaths for older adults. So falling is a big thing everywhere, and it's just a really big thing for senior living communities. That's why they implement their fall management programs, exercise programs, and that type of stuff. Falling can happen because your muscular, you, you don't have muscles left. Or alternatively, people may be in a, a heavy medication. Hey. Now, okay, so, uh, okay, so now I see why techno gym and Hilo sauna come into the United States because you've got people who have money and they need to do it. It's not like exercise is an option for my 18 year old son who can still drop and do 20 pushups without thinking yeah. about it and not working out. Yeah. So that's why it was a huge market. Is that, is that why these companies came into the United States? It, it, let me say Hilo has been in the USA over 40 years, the same with, excuse me, over 60 years. And Techno Gym has been here over 40 years. They came just to the normal markets. However, Techno Gym is from the, from the beginning, it has been 
so-called it's tea wellness company when the other manufacturers tend to be tea fitness company so it's a, it's a techno team has always been focusing on wellness it's a broader term than fitness mm-hmm. and as we know or they say that 80% of our diseases are by by option and basically in your life if you take care of two things you look at what you are eating and you exercise mm-hmm. you will be pretty much fine right it's not right unless the genetics get in the way <laughs> yeah but that's the 20% that is not by option okay wow yeah i guess that's if you go down through the major killers of elderly you're talking cardiovascular cancers which can be helped with what you eat some of them or what you do yeah yeah it's the <clears throat> overall lifestyle i moved after 25 years ago after 25 years in chicago i moved a couple of years ago to colorado mm. lifestyle here is <laughs> difference in lifestyle is like day and night tell me about that you look at like uh, chicago and uh, suburbs it's built mm-hmm. for cars you look at colorado and sub, uh, folks with denver and suburbs it's built for bikes right right and so how and how's finland how would you compare that very outdoor so big it's it's finnish finnish people they are walking running fishing hunting garden work i when I lived in Chicago, my neighbor came to tell me that they, I I have a really good landscape landscaping work, a landscaping company. Mm. They charge only twenty bucks to cut your cut your grass, and I said that what about if I just like to cut my grass? <laughs> and he was shocked. <laughs> I was pretty much the only only guy in the neighborhood. I'm <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, if you go to Finland. Everybody got got the <laughs> their own grass. Oh, interesting! So there's not as many landscaping companies there because people are no, going to cut their own grass. Yeah, it's like exercise. American uh, ACSM, American College for Sports and Medicine, recommends mm-hmm. that uh, people over sixty exercise thirty minutes every day, mm-hmm. and it really doesn't matter what you do. It can be walking. It can be gardening. Any activity. Right. As long as you're getting, well, I, I don't know. We have a ride on mower because we've got a big backyard. It, take, it takes an, over an hour to cut with the ride on mower. I can't, so I can't imagine mowing it. But I also don't think that sitting on the ride on mower counts as activity. So I don't get as much pleasure. I would rather be doing the gardening and actually moving. So I make my, uh, I make my kids do it. (laughs) Yeah, that's good. Uh They loved it when they were first starting to drive. Okay. So techno gym came into the United States 40 years ago with this focus on wellness. Was that a cultural thing that is different between Italy and the United States or how did they? I don't think so. I think the founders were just smarter smarter than some other people so they when they their philosophy is a sort of softer and the the in the end of the day everybody is i take example from another business you look at for example nike nike dominates women also women 
footwear market. Mm -hmm. And how they got there was that they were the first, first really to figuring out that women foot, women feet are different than men. So they designed these products for from the scratch to women. And the same instead of tweaking men's footwear to women. And it's it's pretty much the same when you are looking like uh, fitness equipment. If, if you are focusing on, let me say, people who are, they can be old or young, who are not in a great shape, or who are just uh, functionally not that good anymore, mm -hmm. uh, you need to design the equipment differently. So it's, it's not like most of the fitness equipment is designed for 18 to 35 year old men. It's very difficult to tweak that so that 85 year old lady can use it. So did Techno Gym, like how did they change, like who do they design for? They are designing, so they, there are different product lines for different markets, but then we call it medical fitness and active senior living where you are basically dealing with all the adults with functional limitations. So that market we design equipment differently or we have entirely different product line. Anybody can use them, that's not an issue. But then when you are selecting machines, as I said earlier, you can get pretty much the same exercise at the recumbent bike as you can get at treadmill. If you are using recumbent bike, you really can't fall. If you are using treadmill and you are older, there's a risk of falling. So a sort of simple, pretty simple things. And so it, 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 it comes how you design what, what type of equipment you put for older adults. You don't wanna put anything that is not safe. Okay, so they had the foresight enough to segment out what market they wanted to go after and then built the machines for that. Yeah. Big companies are in every market. They are like big fitness companies. They are in health clubs. They are in hotels. They are in military. And very few of them are in senior living because they may not have uh, right equipment. So were you hired on to reach out to the senior living or did they come to you saying we want to sell here and you figured out this was a good market? Uh, actually, it went other way around. I went to Techno Gym. I said that you guys have the equipment that is appropriate because they are very big in the medical fitness market with the same type of uh, users, all the adults, functional limitations. So I said that you guys... You have the product products, but you don't understand how the senior living market works. I can help you out that. That's the way we started. And basically anything from techno gym to senior living, active living markets go through my my through my myself. Because I they want to make sure that they don't sell wrong products. You need to understand the market. Right. Which is fascinating because here's an example of you're in the United States, you understand the market, you identify the company that would be good, and you find an international company. It doesn't matter where they are, and you help them enter the U.S. market. They're going to be thrilled. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. So it's a sort of we are looking 
all the time different type of products. I take example in senior living communities right now, pickleball. It's a, like a backyard well, yes. tennis. It's <laughs> growing rapidly like crazy. Yes. Because it's a, it's social, it's fun for players. And it's no, some people who know how to play tennis, they may not be any more willing to play tennis, but they want to play pickleball. So, so that's, for example, one, one market that I'm, I'm looking at right now with, with, a, with one company. Can we introduce their products to, the, to, to, their, to this senior living market? We also did actually test, test marketing for Nordic walking, which is basically use Nordic walking sticks. And that's obviously would be great for older adults because it's, it's a better exercise than just walking. You are, you are practically using all your muscles in your body. And secondly, it's also safer because you have uh, two sticks. If you, if, you, if you have balance problems, you can still keep walking. Okay, so is, is, is pickleball, I'm going to go back here because those are two really good examples of you have a market, you see the need, so you find the company and then you can match the market, which is for anybody listening to this, and you're based in the United States and want to expand your business, what market do you know well? And then think about the international companies. Now, is pickleball played outside of the United States? Not that much, but it's getting there. So it's, it's USA is, is definitely like, you look at these different, I take example, paddle tennis. It started in high-end, basically golf clubs, country clubs. In, in Midwest, Chicago area, and so forth. You should, we should be looking at the exactly the same way. Okay, now there is somebody who is playing in the middle of the winter, in the cold. Colder it is, shittier the better is, more it's fun. And 11 o'clock in the evening, playing paddle tennis. Now we start to see paddle tennis courts in Finland, because there is a, also the same, it's cold, it's winter, it's snowing, people like to drink beer, they, they want to be so-so. So they are opening first battle tennis courts in Finland now. And that's coming from the US to Europe. Okay, so they could see where it started, who would be interested in that. In Finland, yeah. you've got a bunch of people who like to be outdoors and be fit. This yeah. gives them something to do, right? Because a lot of them have lights above yeah. the courts that I've yeah, seen. They, they are lighted it all if you if you if you go to Chicago, any of these park park district uh, battle tennis courts, ten o'clock in the evening in January, they are all occupied. People are playing. It's between paddle tennis and pickleball. Similar <laughs> court size. Yeah, yeah. Paddle tennis is different, but pickle pickleball is. It's. A, I saw that they are opening now. There will be a U.S. Open tournament for pickleballs. If you if you Google, you can find that that uh, company that will, is organizing it, and and just because of the growth, it's uh, you can basically you can put the pickleball in your parking lot. You can put it in your basement, in basketball court. Yeah, it's so easy. It's fun. I've yeah. played pickleball, and I was on a paddle 
tennis court years ago. And to me, the size is similar. So you could rotate them off. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. The paddle must be very different. It's different. Yeah. Yeah. The paddle and the ball. Okay. And then the Nordic walking sticks. Are, is that a U.S. company or is that an international company? Finnish, Finnish company. It's Nordic a Finnish. Walking, yeah. Nordic walking was invented in Finland. And guess what? If you go today to Finland, Finland is pretty much like Colorado. So all the, all the streets have sidewalks. Uh, there are tons of lighted uh, rails in the woods and so forth. And if you go there, if you go, especially in the summertime, anybody from 10-year-old to 90-year-old is using these walking, Nordic walking sticks. It looks a little bit funny, but that's the way it's... it's here it's considered like people approach so is like, okay, this is for older people. Guess what? It's not. Living in Colorado, <clears throat> we go hiking. Mm-hmm. We have hiking sticks. And right. we, it's basically the same stick. Just call it hiking. And it's okay. for anybody. Right. Well, that's what I, I mean, I just assume the Nordic sticks were like hiking sticks. If we're going backpacking and have heavy weight on our back, we use the hiking sticks to yeah, help yeah. maneuver over the rocks yeah. or downhill. Or Yeah, they are a little bit longer and so forth, but basically the, basically the same idea. So when we were doing testing, market testing, we, we said that, okay, why don't you implement Nordic walking? But we were also... You can call it hiking if you feel that people think that it's for for younger younger people. If they, they, their feeling is that Nordic walking is only for olds, which is not true in Finland, Sweden, and Norway. And there they uh, call it Nordic walking. Correct. So, but here, knowing your segment in the word, so right there is an English translation. Yeah. Just which word do you use? Nordic yeah, walking yeah. versus hiking. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. different, it, it's different product, but basically the same sport. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And Nordic yeah. is not that much different. It's just the length you adjust the stick for the pole. But all the hiking sticks are adjustable lengths, so you can change yeah, them according yeah. to the terrain you're yeah. on. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Okay, so talk to me more about language. When you've had helped companies come in from any of the Nordic companies, countries or from Finland, what have you done about language coming into the United States? Let me say that you need to adjust everything. In Europe, measurements are centimeters and meters. And obviously we use inches and foot and you name it. Then like standards are different. I had a friend who was running a company that sold type of products like Popcat, Bobcat. Mm-hmm. Like the tractors, the little bobcats. Yeah, small tractors, very small. Mm-hmm. So in Finland, the width of the width of the sidewalks is diff- sidewalk is different than in the USA. So you need to adjust your product. In in countries like in Finland, electricity is 220. Here we have 110. So you need to have different electricity. I take example with the uh, in the past, we had products where the uh, exercise machines, where there was a computer was under the machine. And we got problems in the USA, no problems in, in, in Europe. And the difference is that in Europe, most of the health clubs uh, have wooden floor. 
in the USA, they may have uh, some type of carpet. And so you get the static electricity. Oh. So it's a lot of lot of little things that you, uh, it takes a little bit time because most of the time you can figure out if you have done it in the past. These are the issues we're gonna see. Then <clears throat> I have been working only, I'm working only with the high-tech companies like Technogym has a very sophisticated software to uh, for exercise programs, record all the activity for user back, user feedback for reporting. So you so you can see what the what is the how this person is progressing or is he progressing. And that brings in the other thing. US market is so big that most of the companies when they can, they use distributors to sell their products mm -hmm. but distributors are sort of difficult it's difficult to train them especially when it comes to software hardware is typically not the problem so you need to organize your company differently if you use distributors you still may want to keep the software support and training in your own hands because distributors are not doing it ah. they want to sell pick up their money give the service that not really spent their time in software training and software service. And that's what's so, going to keep the customer too. You get somebody yeah. that can handle the hardware, but then you yeah. develop that. Yeah. The like major decisions that the companies, when they are coming to the US market is, what type of distribution they want to go? Is it going to be through distributors? or is it direct sales? Mm -hmm. Then they need to figure out what market, what is the right market? Like if you are bringing some type of bike type of products, you may wanna to come to Colorado and California and that type of uh, Oregon, but uh, not probably Chicago. <laughs> right, right, right. So you just don't say I'm entering the United States, but you actually break it down in the, the, into different states or regions. Yeah, to see where you're more likely to be successful. Yeah. yeah, all these different markets are. USA has so many, so many geographical geographical markets that are different. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and what about language? What did you see with that? Like Technogym or any of the companies that you've worked with when they're translating their software or their marketing materials or their user manuals. Did you get into the translation at all? Most of the time, these companies already have the English language available. And mm. like Technogym is distributing their products in 140 countries. We have practically any, any language. We have also software for any language. So let me say you, are, you have a senior living community for mostly Japanese people or, or mostly Korean people in the USA. We probably have the language absent there. So they instead of using English, they may, may be able to use Korean language. In, in their so program. they've already thought it out. You get on the equipment and you can pick your language. Or once you pick your name and you go through, it'll automatically bring up the language yeah, you I, prefer. I don't know how, exactly how it works, but all these languages are available. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, And then most of the time, let me say that coming to the US, US market, you need to think twice before you can, because you need to have adequate resources. So you need to have profitability wherever you are operating 
so that you can support because it's going to take time and money to get uh, get through in the U.S. market. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that is a good place to jump over to some personal questions that I, you know, we're going to ask. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm going to ask, what's your favorite foreign word? So I hope you've had a minute to think about it. <laughs> what's your favorite foreign word? And as you know, foreign is loosely defined to any language. Uh, I would say sauna. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. <laughs> sauna as you say in finland or sauna as we say in many parts of the united states it's sauna in finnish sauna yeah Yeah. you pronounce the u yeah we just go sauna (laughs) yeah all right and how about your favorite vacation i would say funny thing it's uh, south africa hi big game hunting Oh, okay. So you are, you grew up in Finland where you said that everybody hunts. And so going to South Africa, you've had the chance to. Yeah, I used to say that skiing, but uh, now it's not vacation. I can go to ski any day here. You live in Colorado where you've got great skiing. Yeah. So it it used to be that we came here for a week with the family to ski. Now we ski once a week. Oh, that's fantastic. I'm a, hey. I'm a very good skier and very lousy golfer. The season's coming up. You can get back out and golf. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a memorable cross-cultural experience you've had in work, either embarrassing or funny or mistakes or a learning opportunity. I would say that this language is interesting. I used to go quite a bit to Japan. Mm-hmm. And in Japanese language, it's oyasako minasain, means hello. And in the Finnish language, it means I made love in a ditch. Hello in Japanese in Finnish means I made love in a ditch? Yeah. <laughs> Connections between those two languages. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty much the same. But there are a lot of these cross-cultural Things like I went to school in Washington, D.C., and my parents came to see me. And in Finland, you never tip. Tips are always included in your restaurant bill. You never tip. Oh, okay. My father got entirely confused that when do I tip and when do I don't need to tip? So he was tipping heavily for at the ice cream bar or or (laughs) something like that. Then he was like in restaurant. Are you crazy? You are giving 20 bucks for this. I said that that's that is it is. I've been in other countries and in some countries where you don't tip. And to me, it feels so weird because I've grown up tipping American style. When I was when I went to school here, I was at one part, some party. And there was a young lady who said that, uh, yeah, you are. I like you. I give you a call in Finland. If a girl's tells you that I give you a call, she will call you. So I'm awaiting at the, that point of time, we didn't have mobile phones. I'm waiting on the phone for a couple of days and no, no phone call ever, ever came. <laughs> so, so like in the Finnish language, you don't have this uh, small talk. You have, so if you get the phone call from Finland, they are not gonna ask you, how are you? How are your kids? How is the weather? Mm-hmm. They call you, can you do this for me? And thank you. 
<laughs> so if you're talking to a girl and you ask about calling uh, or, you know, vice versa, will the other person say, no, I'm not interested? Like, they, will they be very direct and cut it off right there? Typically, Finnish, Finnish people, German people, uh, it's, it's, it's like Finnish language does not have a word, please, or it's not used. So it's, it's, it's every now and then it sounds like they are giving orders to you. But they are not. They are just asking you to do something. We are just the English language is so uh, we are used to be so sort of smooth. Okay, so it's very no direct. Yeah, there are no misunderstandings. <laughs> okay, okay. So that so back to the example, a girl would never say, "I'll give you a call," and a and a gentleman would never say, or a girl would never. No, you, if you the know, girl call. says that I give you a call, she will call. Well, will a girl say, may I call you? Of, of course. Okay. What and what mean? happens if the guy doesn't want her to call? Does he say no, thank you? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> it depends. Okay. So there is more politeness. If you say you're going to do something, you do it. Yeah. But you don't turn somebody down if they're the, doing yeah, it. The, the other is when you are in a small society like Finland, 5.6 million people. Mm -hmm. to, if you go to school in Helsinki, you learn to know half of the people there. And then when you are working, you learn to know the other half. So everybody knows each others. So you know that, okay, today I'm working for this guy. Tomorrow he may be working for me. And, and it's, a, it's a sort of small, small circles. So you don't need, uh, that's why bus making business there is really simple. You don't need legal work. It's, it's, it's a lot of trust. Right. Right. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. All right. We're, we're coming to the end of our time. Any final recommendations for our listeners? I would say that uh, when you are in the U.S. coming or expanding in the U.S. market, just make sure that you have a superior product. You know the features and you market the product in the right market segment where, where it is superior. It doesn't need to be superior in every market segment, but it needs to be in that market for those users, it gotta be better than anything else. Don't, don't come to this market with uh, me too products. And, and I, I think it applies also, also for the software type of products. That's excellent advice. And I, and I think I think that's for anybody coming into the United States, but I think it's good advice for people in the United States trying to market to their customers. Yeah. You know, have a super good product, market to the right segment, really know your features and where they're better than anybody else, and don't be a me too product. And don't don't discount, respect your product. Okay. You need you need profitability to be successful. Where can somebody reach you on LinkedIn or email or website if you, they'd like to reach out and get in touch with you? Yeah, probably LinkedIn is. There are not too many you have Asian and so, <laughs> so you can find me there. Or yeah, LinkedIn is probably the easiest. Okay, and I'll go ahead and spell your name so people can find you on LinkedIn and then we'll also put a link in the show notes. Yuha Visanan is J-U-H-A Vesanen is V A 
I S A N E N. And it starts with V as in Victor. So this has been such a delightful conversation. I really appreciate you taking the time and sharing your, your expertise, particularly in the um, senior and wellness market. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Yeah. So listeners, if you know anybody that has a product that is good for the senior market, the over 50, uh, where the people have to exercise and they have money, particularly forward this episode along to them. I'm sure they learn a lot. And go ahead and give us a five-star rating if you would. I'd really appreciate that. So we'll talk to you next time. We'll bring another fun tidbit or funny word or cultural uh, thing from Rapport International and share that with you. Thanks for tuning in. That's a wrap for this session. A big thanks to you for listening to the Global Marketing Show. Hope you had just as much fun as I did. New sessions launch weekly on all places you find podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Google Play, and of course on our website. If you know someone interested in this topic, please tell them about us. Au revoir for now.